All right, everyone. Now we're going to get started. You might want to just mute yourself. Um, uh, today is day two of NLP for business, secret mind control. And so we're going to have a lot of fun with it today. But as always, I always start my contact info in case people uh, don't have this. Uh, NFNLP is the training website for the company. DrWillHorton.com uh, is another site. I also have a couple other sites. And I always use the old um, saying, the only easy day was yesterday. Uh, comes from a military training environment. But what would happen if... You could easily understand and use NLP techniques for business and persuasion that actually works. And again, I always start this because it sets our reticular activating system, which we talked about last week. How can I apply this new information you're going to learn today? And if it's stuff you kind of already know, how can you look at it a little bit differently? Because as we all know, whenever you learn something, even and then you get it presented again, you learn it at a slightly different level, you know? And so, plus every person that teaches it, teaches it slightly differently. But I, I want you to think about it. As you learn some things today, uh, if you have any glitches about implementing some of these new ideas, what stops you from doing it? And again, what can I learn new today? How can I grow today? What can I do different today? Now, last week we finished with three techniques. I hope you practiced. You pick your two rapport models, a male and a female, people that are your buddy, pal, friend, people you like, but not necessarily, um, you know, not somebody you're intimate with, um, but somebody you, you like. Uh, and so when you step into that feeling of that person you like, and then you go to meet somebody for, to practice rapport, the Miriam matching, it becomes natural. You don't have to force it. You will unconsciously start looking at you know how you mirror match and it, it, it's like magic and i hope you use that on everybody and i ask that you stay in the conscious competence stage where you're learning new material we're going to go a little deeper into that today and our sole purpose exercise <clears throat> which in, we worked on like gratitude and appreciation and i asked people to join me in that challenge of being appreciative and grateful uh, for every bill that you pay, every interaction. And when you see a competitor uh, do something great, uh, you get to uh, a, a relish in that. And one of my favorite little images in NLP is this one, the, 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 like the Mercedes-Benz logo. Uh, but your internal state and your internal representations will affect your external behavior your external behavior will come back and it might affect your internal state and your internal representation. They're always interacting with each other. Now, you know, today we're going to talk more about state control because when you're in a state, it can be hard to change. That's one of the things. When you're having a bad day or a good day, right? When you're having a great day, you're on fire, what's going on, right? And when you're having a bad day, you get stuck, what's going on? We talked last week, it's kind of Part of it is your reticular activating system and um, you get stuck in that. So your brain's looking for, if you're having a great day, your brain starts searching for reasons that to build on the great day. That's what the gratitude experiment's all about. If you're in a grateful mood at the beginning of the day, your brain will start subconsciously searching for other things to be grateful for. As opposed to when you're having a bad day, your brain goes down the, the opposite path. 
So now we're going to build on that. And of course, you've heard of conscious and subconscious mind, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. Uh, we do know that they always say the conscious mind is, is the tip of the iceberg. It's like 10% of your mind. In fact, people always say, I only use 10% of your mind or 10% of my mind. That's a fallacy. You actually use all of your brain, all of your mind, and there's some evidence for that. A, it's called the law of atrophy. If you didn't use your entire brain all the time, your brain would atrophy, right? It would shrink. It's like if you ever seen a bodybuilder and they quit lifting weights, their muscles shrink. It's just what happens. So you use all of your mind. It's just most of it is beyond your conscious awareness. And this is for ease of use. But again, I always say, if you only use 10% of your mind, uh, in this country, you'd probably be in Congress or living in Washington, DC, obviously, right? Uh, but we use all of our minds. But our conscious mind is about 10%. It, you, it's the things you do consciously. When we talked about the conscious competence when you're learning a new behavior, you know, that's you're consciously thinking about it. Like if you're driving a new car, you have to think about it. If you don't know how to drive a stick, you're constantly thinking about it, right? Um, so it's a small part of your mind, but your conscious mind, which will tie into what you're gonna learn today, is where you analyze data. It's the part of your mind that's rational. And when I say rational, I do not mean human beings are rational. We are not. Just watch the news. But what it is, it's the part of your mind that rationalizes your behavior. Have you ever had someone say, well, I had to do this because they did that. Now you're just observing, you're going, that's crazy. You know, you didn't have to like hit somebody because they, because something else happened. But to them, it was a rationalization. I've heard said that try to get through a day without a good rationalization is impossible. You know, it's also the part of your mind that will use logic, right? And it's where your short-term memory is. It's also where your willpower is. Willpower is conscious effort, right? And we could go into a whole class on that's tied to your short-term memory and all this other stuff. But it's, you're thinking about it, you're actively engaged, right? And again, this is when you're learning a new behavior, you're consciously competent, right? Because your subconscious mind is underneath the surface. Uh, it's where your habits, your beliefs, and your long-term memory is. It's also where your values are, your emotions. And it's where you go into what we call subconscious competence, the you know unconscious competence in that four-stage learning model, right? You don't think about it, right? Uh, I had a call earlier, and we were talking about the differences. Um, when you're conscious, you're totally focused on what you're doing, and when you drop in subconscious, you're going to revert to old habits and beliefs, just things you don't think about. And we were talking about how if you've ever had the pleasure of going to a British-based colony, a country that drives on the other side of the road, what a challenge it is, you know? And guy was on the other call, said, you know, that uh, when he was in the Navy, they a British ship visited uh, Jacksonville and a, sa a British sailor got killed because when he stepped out into traffic, he was looking like he would do in Britain. He was looking the other way for oncoming traffic. And of course he stepped out and got hit and he got killed you know the driver was freaking out because he goes didn't he see me i'm right you know no it's like it was unconscious and um and my friend talked about how he almost got hit by a bus because he did that when he was in scotland you know he got off the ship went to get on a bus and was looking the the way we would look and the bus was coming the way they come you know so it's 
once you learn a behavior, it becomes default. Now, that's why I ask you to consciously think about adding these things like, you know, stepping into your friend, you know, imagining your friend if I'm meeting a stranger, right? Because you want to, you have to do it enough to make it subconscious. Most people do not, especially as adults. As kids, we're blank slate. We learn, we practice a thing a couple times. It becomes the norm, right? And so now we're going to enter into something cool. Very few people know this. It's called the hot model, the hierarchy of thought. It's a new way to understand how your mind actually works at the process level. And for business people, entrepreneurs, salespeople, it gives you huge leverage if you grasp this as a master of persuasion on yourself and others. Right? And what the hot model is, hierarchy of thought, it's um, an NLP model, if you will, hypnosis NLP model that was developed by uh, Billy Schilling, retired Navy captain, and myself. And what it is, is basically you have three levels that's going on in your mind. Level one is when you're in the experience, right? When you're in level one, you're in the experience. You're, you're angry, you're hungry, you're tired. You're, when you're locked into something, you're not thinking about it, you're in the experience. Level two is when you pull back a little bit and you're thinking about it, right? Where you start to analyze. Level three is you disassociate totally and you're thinking the thought. So like in level one, you might say you're angry, so you're pissed off. And so you all, we all know that if someone comes up and says, calm down, there's no need to be angry. That's not going to work, right? But then what happens to a lot of people, maybe something happens, you pull back and go, am I angry? Or am I just, am I really angry at like Oz? Or am I angry at Marsha? Or is it rolling over from something else? If you pull back, you're thinking about it. You're disassociated. And you can, you can do different things. Level three is you disassociate even further. You're, you pull back to the point like, I think I'm having the thought I'm angry. Am I really angry or am I thinking I'm angry? I'm not angry. I'm, and then you go, you go down a different path, right? And so all of these are just how your mind's operating. But this is information we can use that hardly anybody knows, including psychology or psychiatry or even hypnosis and NLP people, right? And level one is your subconscious. You're in the emotion, like the guy, or you're in the experience. You're focused on it. <clears throat> it's like the British sailor when he got off the submarine in Jacksonville, wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, plus he had a couple of drinks, so he really was just like in the experience. And he went to cross a, a major street and he looked the wrong way because that subconscious, he wasn't thinking about it. He was in the experience. Boom. You know, it's also why like, if you're really locked into a conversation, you might walk into a wall, right? Because contrary to popular belief, people are not good multitaskers. People can switch between tasks quickly, but we don't have dual processors, right? Your subconscious is open at this time. So when you're really locked into an experience, your subconscious is still processing. Because we talked about how your brain's always looking for you know, existential threat as we talked about in you know, your reticular activating system. So even though you're busy at this, your brain might notice something over here. It's like why you're lost in thought driving and you're just going down the street, do, 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 do. You know, you're not paying attention. You're listening to radio, but then your brain sees, oh, red light and you snap up and then you go into thinking about it. You go into what we 
what we're going to do next, level two, you're thinking about it. So you pull out and you see the red light. And now you're like, should I hit the brakes or should I hit the gas? You know, do I have time to get through the light or should I stop? And then you decide and you go, either you stop and you go back to do, 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 or you give it gas, you go through the light, right? So at level two, you're thinking about it. You're having the thought about it, right? Uh, and so this is where we begin to take action with ourselves and others, right? Because again, like, like the driving example, you pull back, make the decision, and go back into the experience with new information. Oh, I got plenty of time. The light just turned. It just barely turned yellow. I'm, I'm just going to go. Or nope, I'm going to hit my brakes, right? And this is what happens. When you're learning a new behavior, you're at level two. You have to think about it. You have to think about it. When I ask you to think about making a change, you have to think, you know, whatever it is, when you're learning a new behavior, you're learning a new technique, a new process, right? It's conscious confidence. Now, level three is where you disassociate in even further. It's like you, you start thinking, I'm having the thought, I'm angry, I'm having the thought. It's the most analytical take, state, excuse me. But you start to overanalyze at this because you're like watching yourself do things and maybe you're overanalyzing it. What happens at this state, people get stuck into the analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis, as we call it. And it's, so it's hard to take action. So now as entrepreneurs, business people, uh, things, what does this mean? Oh, it means this. Knowing what level you're in and knowing what level someone else is in and what level you want them in or yourself, this is great. But if you know how to move them between levels, either yourself, of course, or other people, this is priceless information. And once you begin to learn it and you practice it, you know, it's like what they teach people in like anger management, which is pull back, count to 10. What the heck does that mean? Well, they're having you pull out of the experience of, I want to put my fist through the wall, pull back and count to 10. It buys your brain a little time to analyze the behavior, right? Because you can't change the state you're in now from the current state. You have to pull back, make a change. Now we know that. <clears throat> this alone is priceless when you practice it on yourself. But what about others? People get stuck in action, right? They get stuck in, they're always going to do what they always did, right? But what happens is when you're talking to somebody as a business person, entrepreneur, you're trying to motivate a, an employee or you're trying to motivate a, uh, a prospect, right? Do you want them in the action or do you want them thinking about it? The bad part about it, if they're overanalyzing it, they won't take any action, right? Because whatever level you're in has power in itself. But if you know how to like swing people, it's like magic, right? Because again, like level one, you're in an emotion, could be fear, anger, addiction, you know, uh, but it can be other things. You're just in it. You're, it's just the way your brain works. But if you get people into it, that might be what you want them to do, like excitement like Oz might uh, uh, get, you know, when a, uh, somebody's looking at some artwork and they're excited, they're much more likely to take action at that moment rather than if they pull back, go, let me think about it. Let me, let me pull back. Let me think about it. Let me go talk to somebody about it. Right? Because at the second level, you get cognitive dissonance where 
party who wants to do something, party who doesn't, so you're trying to analyze it. <clears throat> and if you get too overly analytical, you know, you get analysis paralysis. You can't, you can't make a decision. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person, this is frustrating when you want that person to take action, that client, that prospect, that employee, right? Uh, but if they take the wrong action, then you might want to teach them to go back, make some changes, and change what they're doing, right? So what level works is what's important, right? What level works? Action, excitement, motion, that's good if you want them to do that, right? Maybe you want them in thought, like think about this. Maybe you want them in analysis mode. It depends, you know, what you're doing. But once you know this, now you've got a trajectory, a targeting system, right? So you may want to pull them out of one level and put them in another, right? Um, so they're overly thinking it. You want them maybe to go back and feel the excitement of what it would feel like to drive that car, have that piece of art, sign up for the weight loss sessions, uh, whatever it is that we're happy to be doing, right? To decide. You, you make much more decisions when you're in an emotion than when you're analytical, right? Because last week, we did the state of gratitude and appreciation the last week, a few days ago, right? We did that, and that was starting to train that you can change your states very quickly. So as entrepreneurs, as business people, do you want, where do you want your target? You know, whether it's yourself, mainly for your customer or your prospect or what you're doing, where do you want them? You know, uh, like car sales, health club sales, you might want them in the, in the moment of excitement, right? Because uh, level one, when you're excited, it leads to action. Let's get started now. They're much more likely to go for it, whatever it is that you're doing. There's a reason why, uh, and we get away from it. I do too. So you made a presentation. Um, and right when you're done, uh, and let's say, I'll use a car salesman example, because I did this for a while, right? And the really good car salesman, you know, you go for a drive. As soon as it's over, what'd you like about this vet? What'd you like about the Corvette? Oh, okay. What else did you like? They stay into the things you like because that was exciting. Oh, I like the, whatever it is. And they kept, you, they, you would build on this. You know, pick on Dr. Or Doc, Dr. Oz, I keep stuck there. Pick on Oz, you saw like they're looking at art. What do you like about that picture? You know, uh, what would you like about it hanging in like your living room or your office or your study, wherever you're going to hang this piece of art, right? Um, what would you like about it? How can you use it, you know? How, how, would, how would this fit into you? And have them describe it. It keeps them in the state of emotion, right? Uh, I knew a guy who was very good at selling health club memberships. <clears throat> and trust me, if you saw the guy, you wouldn't believe it and back then. Um, he was obese. There's no other way to describe it, right? And yet he could sell you a health club membership, right? Because he would walk people around and get them into the excitement. Um, I, I taught this to martial arts uh, school owners, right? That about, you, do you want them thinking about it or do you want them taking action, right? And what, he, what, what I found from watching a guy that could sell people left and right in martial arts schools 
is, you know, if somebody come in with their kid, he realized he's doing two sales, right? He's got to sell the kid and he has to sell the parent. Now there's two different criteria going on, right? So what he would do is get the kid to like go out and like maybe do, you know, be part of the class and, and have some fun. So the kid's having fun. And then he would have the parent think about how this would be good for the kid, you know? Uh, what would you like about your son having more self-discipline? Would you like your son to be more self-confident or your daughter to have more self-confidence, to not be bullied? Da, 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 da. So he, he, he could operate on two different levels with the people because the kid needed to be excited and the parent needed to think about it, right? But then he would flip the parent to being excited, same with the kid. So just think about how you're going to feel when your kid is like, you know, getting the yellow belt or getting the next belt. Yeah, it's going to be great, you know, and that's what you would do. So how you could use this is you keep people, if it's appropriate, to get them into the excitement phase because they're much more likely to take action when they're excited as opposed to pull back. But there may be a time it might be useful to get people to think about it, especially if you want them to change their mind. Um, I saw the martial arts teacher actually get people to uh, uh, switch martial arts schools, right? He'd run into somebody and they'd be talking about it. Well, I know you like your kids taking, you know, karate, but you know, you might want them to think about, you might want to think about how much more they could get in this system, blah, 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 blah. So he'd have them pull out of the excitement of it and think about it, right? So what level do you want them in? You know, yeah, you could go with this school over here, but you know, at our school, we could do this, this, and this, right? So you might want to put them in the excitement. Their time, you know, you're looking at a lot of art. I'll default to Oz here, right? But you know, you might want to think about it and go back to feeling how excited you were when you first saw this piece of art, whatever, right? So you might want to use this. Now I'm going to give you a million-dollar key, which is use the power of regret. So if someone's stuck in thinking about it or you pull them into, you know, they made a decision to go buy this car and you want to buy this car, you pull them back so they're thinking about it. And then when you put them back into one or the first level of thought, you use the power of regret. What is the power of regret? Um, is you're going to get someone out of thinking about an action you don't want them to take and go into action. Or even if it's like, I, I'm going to think about this, uh, you know, uh, Marsha, I don't know if I want to sign up for sessions now, you know, but let, let me go and think about it, right? So they're, they're pulled back. They're not associated, right? So you begin to use what I call the regret pattern. And for the next few weeks, we're also going to learn like some really cool language patterns for business people and salespeople. But you ask them, you know, I can understand why you might want to think about it. But let me ask a question. Have you ever put off the decision and, and regretted it? I remember in 1995, I visited Florida, right? Not far from where I'm right here. And there was a house for sale on the, it's called Minnesota Beach Drive, where it was the Gulf of Mexico on one side and the bay on the other side. The road went down the middle, but this piece of property had a dock on the bay side and actually had a big ass beachfront on this side. And I remember looking at it and the guy said, you know, uh, Doc, uh, the, the seller's really motivated. Uh, you might want to put some money down on it. And it was $199,000 at the time. 
And he goes, you know, you might even take a little bit less if, you, if you're really, and I'm like, mm, let me think about it. Let me run it by my wife or whatever, right? And I went and I thought about it and looked about a couple places. And then I called the guy the next day. He goes, no, the, the house is off the market. I might have some others, but it never went anywhere. But anyway, my thing about that one is that lot sold for $1.1 million at the height of the, uh, about 2006, when, you know, real estate shot up in Florida, because it had oceanfront and a bay, right? And the lot alone was like 1.1 million, because the guy bought it, tore down the house, it was a three bedroom, two bath house, tore down the house and built a mansion on this lot, right? So have you ever had, so I just explained, I gave an example in my life, so about putting a decision off and regretting it. And then you can ask them, if you've got good rapport, they may say, yeah, you know, one time I could have, you know, I wish I would have bought this one car. They only made it one year. And so you got them in the feeling of regret, right? And as adults, we all have that, you know, whether it's the job you didn't take, the house you didn't buy, the car, the person you didn't ask out when you were single, whatever it is, we all have regrets. And so you got them in this feeling they're in level one. They're thinking about how bad it feels to have regret. And, you know, you just casually throw in, <clears throat> I wouldn't want you to feel that regret in the future by not taking action today. You know, I know you really want to sign up for my sessions, but, you know, I've only got three slots open next week. And then it puts you right back into the, and think about how good you'll feel when you just make that decision, right? And you kind of just click it in and people go, They'll just make the decision, right? And then next time I'll show you once they make the decision, I'm going to show you how to use their conscious mind to justify it, right? Because people do that naturally, right? But we can artificially do it. So you want to use the regret pattern when you're, if someone is not taking action, like they want to pull back and think about too much, or they want to go in a different direction, you could pull them back and do this, right? And so... So that's the first thing we're gonna, that's your first homework assignment, is to think about how to use what I call the regret pattern on a uh, prospect, if you will, right? Or sometimes an employee, whatever it happens to be. Now there's some shortcuts to um, this, being in this state where you can use this, I call this state inner power, right? Um, and it speeds your mastery of learning these kind of skills. And now that you know about levels of the mind, which very few people do, even therapists, they just know like hypnotists put you in trance, out of trance, they don't understand, unless they've been trained by me or Billy or about five other people, they don't understand these levels of thought, right? Um, so you know where it is. And so now you can begin to figure out where you're, if you're talking to a prospect or an employee or whatever, where are they at? And so you can begin to flip them back and forth. Now, let me give you another homework assignment. Your level of mind is set in the morning when you first wake up. And one of the problems is, I'm going to ask you to stretch. I'm going to ask you to grow. And one of the problems is most of us get out of bed and do the exact same things as yesterday, right? In fact, if we went back to March when the lockdown started, you know, because now we're in, what, day 180 of the 15 days to, the, to flatten the curve, 
But one of the things that bothered people is it broke you out of your routine. You know, if you were the type you got up at whatever time you got up, seven o'clock to do whatever you have, excuse me, in the morning, had your coffee and get ready for your commute to an office or your business. Well, now, because of the lockdown, many people working from home. They didn't necessarily have to get up at 630 because they didn't have an hour commute. You know, they could get up at 7, 715 and get ready and then be in front of the computer, excuse me, to start their work, right? So it broke up our routine. And that's one of the reasons people still feel somewhat discombobulated. Now what's happening on the flip side, we're used to the new routine. And if we start going back to the other way, it's going to feel uncomfortable. But anyway, going back to what we're going to do, you set your, your stuff in the morning. And unfortunately, most of us get out of bed and do almost the exact same things as yesterday. And according to psychology, I don't know where they get these numbers. We have like 50,000 thoughts a day. I've heard 50, 100, 20, whatever. It's a lot of thoughts. But 70 to 80% of those thoughts that you have are almost the exact same thoughts as yesterday. And a lot of them are negative. Unless you're in a situation where you're learning a lot of material rapidly, new material, you're having the same thoughts over and over again, and they become repetitive. So you're, having the same, so you're doing the same thing as yesterday. You're having the same thoughts. You know, if you work in an office and you drove there, you're talking to the same people. You're doing this, you're doing that, right? It's the routine. And so you're doing this, you're getting up, you're going through the same thing. You get up, stagger out of bed, go to the bathroom, stagger down the hall, get your coffee, start thinking about what a bad day it's going to be. So you have the same negative thought, right? You drive to the office, you do what you do. And then you say, why can't my life change? Right? And again, we can use the current time, this COVID disruption that's being called as a golden opportunity, because for most of us, it's shifted how we have to think about everything how we're going to do our offices, how we're going to see our clients, how we're going to present things, how we're going to do things. And so many people have used this as, as a great thing. Um, other people, not as much, to be honest with you, right? So there's a magic moment. Here's the real power, ladies and gentlemen, when you first wake up and you come to your senses, literally, especially if you wake up from a really deep sleep, if you ever woke up from a really deep, deep sleep and you have to think about for a second, like, where am I? You know, what, what? You have to, you come to your senses. It's why in the classical religions, they talk about being born again every day when you wake up. You get to reset your brain. You literally get to reset your brain. Because what's happening in your brain when the light hits your eyes, especially when they open and the light's coming in, the melatonin in your brain, which helps you sleep deep, is turning into serotonin and dopamine. And so you begin to search for who you are at that moment, right? And you search for a past story, like who am I? Where am I going? And you, that's why you replay the past, right? And so if you begin to think that basically if you really are reborn every morning and you don't go back and overlay the past into what you're doing today, <clears throat> you have a magic opportunity. That's why last week we started with the gratitude and appreciation exercise. Especially if you do it in the morning, it's resetting your brain in a different direction, right? Because you are not your past, and the only control your past has over you is your mental energy, right? You know, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery. What you have is right now. So in this magic moment, when you're first waking up, you can 
change your mindset. And the easiest way to change your mindset is to use self questions. This sets up your reticular activating system. Because again, I talk about your brain is there to keep you alive, your reticular activating system searching for threats. The other thing it's doing is trying to solve problems. So if you ask yourself a question, your brain tries to solve it. So if when you first wake up in the morning, if you ask yourself a couple of questions, how can I enjoy the day? What can I do different today? It's why I always start all my classes with what can I learn? What can I do? What's going on? Because it's, it's resetting your brain at a quick rate at the subconscious level, right? Now, if you add one level where you mentally rehearse like a new response, how am I going to enjoy the day? And you imagine yourself, let's say you had to work with somebody you don't like, and you just quickly mentally rehearse, I'm going to enjoy being with Joe. I'm going to look on the bright side. And that's focusing on an intention. And then you might want to consciously try some new things. You're beginning to really create that buzzword that they talked about a couple of years ago that I don't hear like we did for a while, which is neuroplasticity. It's stretching your brain. So if you get up and you ask yourself different questions, you mentally rehearse doing different things. And let's say you were driving to the office, the gym, wherever you usually go. What if you took a slightly different route, right? It's mentally stretching your brain. Your brain begins to go, ooh, you know? Um, so your homework this week is to keep the gratitude and appreciation experiment. You know, think about every time you pay a bill, thank God. I, in fact, that reminds me, it's the fifth, isn't it? I get a, uh, or no, what's the day? Fourth. Um, pay my mortgage. I always pay it in the first week. You know, but I can be grateful. I have a house that I'm paying on, right? And then I have the money to pay for it. So I can be grateful, <clears throat> right? And then I want you to note what level people are in when you're out and about, you know, if you want it, you got the guts, begin to do it in your business, pick a target, like a prospect that you're trying to sell, try to figure out what level they're in, see if you could change their level, like put them in a different level, put them in excitement, or if they're not excited, pull them out and think about it. Um, practice that, right? It's easy to see, like, even when you're out and about, you see some people just in a bad mood and they're stuck in the bad mood, right? Uh, I was at the store the other day and a guy was uh, having some interesting words with his kids and you could tell he was in, in the experience and he just kept replaying it. It would have been good if he could have pulled back, but it wasn't my job, but I almost wanted to say, uh, and I've done this with someone else when they're like, ah, these kids were in the store and they're going crazy, da, 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 da. And I say, yeah, they're a pain, but you know, they're not going to be young very long, you know? And it, it caused, I did that at a, at, at a Starbucks once because there were little kids, they were acting out and the mother was really frustrated because she was probably embarrassed. She was fear, fearing the judgment from other people, right? And most of us that had kids though, yeah, that's just what happens when you got two kids together, right? And that, and she's like, ah, she's trying to quiet him down. And I just said, yeah, she goes, I go, yeah, it's frustrating. Having little kids is frustrating. I remember what it's like. And she went, rolled her eyes. I said, but man, I miss those days when I could take my daughter somewhere, you know, because uh, she's in the Navy. She's gone. I haven't seen her for a year. I kind of stretched the truth. This was a while ago. And she goes, and it just, what it did is it pulled her back out and put her back in. 
to basically a little bit of regret because you're not going to you're not going to be able to do this for that long with these kids. You know, soon you're going to be wishing you could take them to a Starbucks, but they're going to be in high school and whatever, right? So change someone's target, right? And if you're if, if you have the guts, go ahead and do it with a client, right? Try to change them and put them into excitement to make the sale to get the deal, right? Reset your day with different morning questions. How can I enjoy the day? What can I do different today? Um, and that. And if you really want to have some fun, try to run the regret pattern on someone. You know they're they're doing a behavior. Um, you know. Uh, and then you just talk about regret and how regret's bad, right? Because no one wants to feel regret because it's also the way your brain remembers. Your brain remembers unfinished events more than finished events. And so like not buying that house, like it's, it's 25, 30, it's almost 30 years later. It's, Damn, I shouldn't want that house, you know? Um, why, right? So if you run that and, and it, you can you can help people take some action so that's the uh quick assignment uh practice keep practicing the gratitude and appreciation exercise notice what level people are in and yourself change your level and maybe a targets right reset your day with morning questions and use the regret pattern on someone now we got four more classes now we're going to really step into pattern language patterns magic stuff real woo -woo. Uh, it's not woo-woo, it's like really advanced um, NLP and hypnosis techniques to get people to take action. So uh, that's that's this week. I'm going to stop the recording and we're going to talk for a few minutes, but I'm always respectful of your time. It, it's coming right in at 45 minutes. Woo-woo, just what I wanted. Uh, because if you practice, I don't want to overload you. Right, and I'm, I'm building this a little bit on a time, right? Uh, it took me a long time to figure out the best way to get information into people's head is if you give them a technique they can use, even if it's like they uh, thinking about somebody you really get along with, stepping into that state, so how easy it speeds up mirroring and matching. And then now I'm gonna give you the levels and then and the great uh, gratitude and uh, appreciation exercise and then the power of regret and then next week, we're going gonna to step into things like language patterns and advanced state management, how to change people's states. We're going to have a lot of fun. So that's the process, and we're going to have fun with it. So uh, have fun.